Welcome to the Ethical Invest Podcast. Your time to catch up on the latest tips, trends, research, and action steps to incorporate ethical and responsible investments in financial advice and investment portfolios. I'm Alexandra Brown, and I support financial advisors to build their ESG and ethical investment toolkit so they can deliver powerful, impactful advice with confidence. In this episode, we speak with four advisors who are experts in providing ethical investment advice as we uncover how they help their clients create positive impact through their investment portfolios. Climate change and Indigenous rights are top areas of impact with clients, with new areas such as biodiversity and nature-related issues emerging in conversations more and more. Funds that focus on agriculture and efficient use of soil, water and energy are of particular interest to an increasing number of clients. Listen to hear the common ways our guests demonstrate and report on impact, including using the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals, as a framework and benchmark, sharing fund impact reports with clients, and incorporating impact calculators and other tools to engage their clients in two-way conversations. Each advisor is asked to share their top tips for discussing impact with their clients, and we hear some excellent recommendations, so keep listening to find out more. This is episode one of a three-part series for Ethical Investment Week 2022. Ethical Investment Week is coordinated by the Ethical Advisors Co-op, a group of leading advisors across Australia and New Zealand who specialise in advice that aligns client values with ethical and responsible investments. This year, Ethical Investment Week is themed You and Your Advisor. Let's dive into our episode on impact with Karen McLeod, Adam Carey, Dr. Roger Spiller and Catherine Fitch-Daniels, specialist ethical investment advisors and members of the Ethical Advisors Co-op. Our first guest is Karen McLeod. Karen is a certified financial planner and certified advisor with the Responsible Investment Association of Australasia, that's RIA and has specialised in ethically screened investments since 2009. Karen sits on the Investment Committee for Ethical Advisors Funds Management and assists with researching ethical investments. Karen drives engagement with fund managers and companies on environmental, social and governance issues via the Ethical Advisors Co-op, and she has served for 10 years on the RIA Board and Certification Panel. In 2020 and 2019, she was awarded a place in the Financial Standard FS Power 50 advisor list. She looks after ethical investors across the country from her practice in Brisbane. It is so wonderful to have you with us. Welcome, Karen. Thank you, Alexandra. What a lovely warm welcome. It's great to be here. In this episode, we're discussing impact. So first off, we'll kick off with what areas of impact are lighting up your clients right now? Well, I think as any advisor or client would know um, certain things touch people personally and as an advisor in this space I guess we have the privilege of getting to know clients and seeing what in particular is important for them Um, every client slightly different Um, but we certainly are seeing increasingly quite a keen interest in a new area for impact um, which is biodiversity and anything related to nature in the last um, little while So that's obviously that's quite a new area that clients are invested in and also wanting to add more money to that area and wanting more reporting on how that that is um, 
benefiting their investments and also benefiting nature itself. Other areas that have been very popular and we continue to seek interest in from clients is obviously anything to do with solving the climate crisis. So clean energy, of course, renewables, anything involved in, I suppose, in smart technologies. Clients are also interested still um, in many social issues, um, whether it be disability um, housing, social housing. Um, So social issues are definitely important gender diversity, that sort of thing is always coming up all the time. Clients want to make sure that their investments are um, appropriate in that regard. So they're probably some of the most topical ones that we see of late. Clients are increasingly sort of wanting a little bit more nuance in those investments, if that makes sense. I suppose their level of sophistication is increasing as the products on offer are improving their transparency and their dialogue with investors um, on what they are delivering. So whether it be a bond fund and how they're reporting on that or an equities fund or um, or a brand new social housing you know, fund that's actually building new homes, they're all quite different. So, yeah. That's really interesting. And uh, you've mentioned that clients are interested in biodiversity and nature investments. Could you just... Uh, maybe tell us a little bit more about that because that's a really interesting topic and and quite new as well. It is very new and certainly um, even as an advisor I am still getting my head around a lot of the terminology in terms of what to look at for a client in terms of um, what sort of investment would meet the criteria for what my clients are looking for. I mean at the moment sometimes clients might look to actually buy land themselves if they're um, you know, wealthy enough to be able to afford to do that and turn it into land for wildlife or a nature reserve. But of course, that's not always the case. And so they're looking for um, whether it be something, you know, um, an area that's particularly sensitive for water. So wetlands protection, for example, um, that's, that's increasingly important. Or it might be um, a fund that focuses on agriculture and, and and that's certainly not really biodiversity but it's certainly um, looking at the way soil water and energy is used for a most efficient purpose um, that's of interest so yeah there's a small number coming through um, that are focused on alternative proteins and that sort of thing as well in that agriculture space that our clients are interested in um, food technologies but certainly in actually the um, in the area of biodiversity, I feel that there's still a lot lacking. So hopefully we'll see a lot more innovation um, in that area in the coming the coming years because we've only really had a handful of funds that we've looked at in that space. Um, but there is demand. On creating impact, how do you demonstrate and report on impact with your clients? Talk us through that. So clients are still learning what impact really means, I guess, in terms of a reporting point of view. Um, So the way we incorporate that is that we discuss it with them in their advice meetings in terms of megalitres of water that they have saved or megawatt hours of renewable energy hours generated. And we also include all of those metrics in their reports Um, So in terms of the underlying investments, what they've actually achieved or fund managers themselves are obviously, a lot of them are already producing these reports. 
So we'll put a link to the impact calculators that the funds themselves have produced. Um, we also run a funds management business and we have launched our inaugural um, impact report as well. So we're seeing it also from the other side as a, actually a manager of capital, um, how we deliver impact to those investors. Um, we talk about our engagements and our stewardship. Um, so when we're unhappy with a holding or we're unhappy about a certain um, news item, we will engage with that underlying company um, and ask how they're you know, improving or look at other recourse, I suppose, and also collaborate with other managers. That's been really important. We've found that really useful um, because together we're able to shed more light on these issues, um, which tends to get more attention and also better outcomes for clients. So that's the other way that we can create impact. Um, an example of that would be, um, you know, clients might raise an issue, we might raise an issue, and then other fund managers might also hold that particular stock. And the stock might um, have a certain issue, whether it regards to bullying, sexual harassment, it could be an environmental issue, um, whatever the issue is, we're able to engage deeply with that, um, that company and get some resolutions and then re report back to the client on how things went um, and whether or not we were satisfied with the outcome and if not, what the next steps were, would be, whether it's to hold, engage further in a couple of months' time or sell down that, that investment. You mentioned there are some different metrics like megawatt hours and those kinds of things and also that clients may not be familiar with these things at first. So just to finish off the discussion, what would be your top tips for discussing impact with your clients? I think just being familiar with, with some of the outcomes of the calculators is helpful. So that, like you say, so you can talk about, you know, beyond the financial return, like you've done, you know, 5%, 7%, minus 7% this year, whatever it is, you can say that you've avoided, you know, 10,000 tonnes of waste being put into landfill through the investments that you've made, or, you know, compared to the benchmark, you know, 20% of the, the salaries, you know, you support have got um, equal employee salaries more than the benchmark. Um, You've created this many wind turbines with the funds and the capital that you've provided, you know, to these investments. So it just gives clients another way of, I guess, seeing through where the capital goes, if that makes sense. And I think that's the real benefit of impact is clients feel connected um, and therefore they're more engaged with where their capital goes um, and empowered to do more of that good, really. Um and then it's just a growth metric, isn't it? Like, because you always want to continually improve each year. Um, so you'd always like more tons of plastic removed from the ocean next year and more renewable energy generated compared to the benchmark so that you've, you've got this snowball effect in the right direction. And that gives people a lot of hope, um, especially when markets are down financially at the moment, that they know that their capital is still doing great things, no matter what financial markets say. Yeah, what a brilliant way to put that. I just have one last question. Uh, some of the other speakers in this episode have mentioned the Sustainable Development Goals. And so I was just wondering if you uh, use the Sustainable Development Goals in any discussions around impact and, and how your clients have found this. 
We do. Um, we do also benchmark the funds that we use um, as to which particular sustainable development goals they are targeting and how they're allocated. So again, for clients, they might have heard of the goals, they might have seen them before, but the more they see them, the more they're familiar with them. And increasingly, the more engaged they are with that information, if that makes sense. And there might be particular goals that they feel really strongly about, such as you know, no poverty or equal opportunity or life, you know, below the, below um, water. So there's, there's certain ways that we, you can engage more deeply with clients if they come to you and they're particularly worried about plastics in the ocean, for example, or they're particularly worried about healthcare or aging populations, or they're really interested in built environment and um, more sustainable cities. So those metrics are all captured in the UN SDGs. Um, and it just, it does take a little bit more time to explain that with the clients, but certainly I think you'll get a more engaged client who will better understand why you've invested in those areas for them. And also they'll feel more comfortable with where their capital is because they'll see, oh, I am set up for the long term now because these are really goals that make sense and the planet needs to focus on them so that we can all lift our standards together and bring people out of poverty and, and so on and so forth and have a sustainable future with food and water security. What a great sentiment to finish with. Karen, is there anything else you wanted to add before we wrap up this conversation? Um, I would just encourage, um, whether it be clients or advisors that are listening, to, um, to not feel that it's outside their realm of expertise to get involved. Um, Every investment can have an impact, um, positive or negative. So um, just start educating yourself a little bit by little bit. And um, I guess together with collaboration can make quite a difference. And that's obviously um, evidenced by the fact that so many um, institutions and fund managers, advisors like us, are, are involved in this space now. So it's it's not going anywhere. So so really try to get engaged and just um, take part. Thank you so much for your time today, Karen. That was a wonderful conversation. Thanks for having me. Next up, we're speaking with Adam Carey. Adam is a financial advisor with Ethical Investment Services. He has a master's degree in financial planning from Deakin University, specialising in socially responsible investment. His thesis evaluated how Australian socially responsible managed funds screen their investments. He now enjoys helping his clients select investments that reflect their personal and ethical values. Welcome, Adam. Oh, thanks very much, Alexandra. Lovely to be here. So in this episode, we're talking about impact and we'd love to hear from you. What areas of impact are lighting up your clients right now? Well, you know, it it's fair to say that uh, you know surprises to anyone that climate change, um, fossil fuels, those sorts of areas are sort of some of the key reasons people come and see us. But they're not exclusively. We do see a broad number of people coming for various different reasons, and that can include people wanting to look at indigenous issues. Um, we've had, I think, people wanting to avoid investment in Russia. Uh, <laughs> equal opportunity on, on boards, wanting, but really what they're trying to do is say, how am I investing and does it reflect my values? And at the moment, they're sort of in the ether a little bit in relation to that. So they're looking for some sort of assurances and, uh, and someone to actually delve into it a little bit more for them. 
Yeah, that's great. And and you're right. They they need that assurance from their advisor as to firstly what they can uh, invest in and what impact they can create with their investments. And I guess to get a bit more clarity on what's available to them. And and that's exactly right. And a lot of them don't even know how would how they would go about it. So hence they they seek someone like me. And that's actually how I got into ethical investing myself. Is I found that I. Know, I wanted to invest ethically, but every time I looked at something, um, it wasn't reflecting my values. And that led to my, my research thesis and becoming an advisor. So um, here I am. So as an advisor, how do you demonstrate and report on impact with your clients? Yeah, no, this is a really interesting question because everyone has a different view on what they want to see out of their investments. But by and large, you know, when someone comes to us and we recommend an investment, we'll provide them with some bespoke research that we'll do. Audio Mara, our analyst, prepares a two-pager. And part of that actually is ethical stance of, of the investment, uh, which might detail controversies or um, positive things that they're doing and really informing a client exactly what they, um, they need to know about the investment can make that decision uh, without the, the greenwashing, so to speak. Um, but in terms of how we report on that too, we like to talk, and it's part of the discussion. So when I present back, for example, a new client comes in and we do a statement of advice, I'll go through and talk about the funds and, and maybe what sort of stories that go behind some of those funds and what they're doing. You know, there's groups like Stuart Investors that are, doing research in, you know, for example, conflict minerals, something that you've left a field. Are we investing in you know, um, goods or companies that are using goods that have used uh, forced or slave labour? Um, you know, but what we also like to do with clients is it's, it's not a static thing. It's a dynamic thing. So you might have a company doing the right thing now, but it might change. You know, um, Not that we invested in Rio Tinto, but the Duke and Gorge, those sorts of events happen to companies uh, and even funds, the way they invest, uh, can, they can, we use the term ethically stray. So we like to continually update our clients in their regular, or it'd be half yearly, quarterly or annual reviews, depending on how often we report back to them. Uh, so that's, that's how we sort of report impact to them. But also as part of that reporting, we, we like to, to indicate what investments and how they align with the sustainable development goals and uh, what, what that means for them on an individual basis. It's a bit hard to, at the moment, to actually collate that on a portfolio basis. Fund managers do it, and we do actually provide links to the fund manager websites where they might talk about some of the carbon abatement that they'll do, um, that sort of thing and where they're working in the world and the impact that they're having. And there's some really good tools out there in, in those products that uh, our clients, you know, some like to, some don't. So we give enough information so people can follow, follow the path and, and those who want to go down the rabbit hole can go down the rabbit hole. Um, uh, but that's sort of what we have to do as advisors and, and find all those things out and, and come back and really distill that for our clients. I love that. So, Discussing the sustainable development goals, 
uh, and how the funds and other the holdings within the fund are reflecting or impacting on these goals. I love the fact that you're not just talking about the positive impact, but you're also discussing the controversies as they come up as well. So it's, uh, it seems like a really great area of engagement. Yeah, uh, it's, it builds those deeper relationships with clients. So you get to know your client a bit better and they get to know you too. So, and it helps you, I guess, be a better advisor too. Just another little string to our bow. But in terms of impact, you know, we touched on some of the fund managers and what advisors do. And it's fair to say a lot of the fund managers, when they look at impact and reporting back that we pass on to clients, a lot of it is what I would call big data. They'll look at carbon intensity of particular funds and, and looking at uh, various see, broad metrics they might use AI technologies to, to get. But at the end of the day, you've got to look at what it's churning out. And we've seen some examples of where clients have had a fantastic methodology of getting a low carbon portfolio, for example, but what were they investing at the end? Well, Coca-Cola, Yum Brands, junk food, um, some mining, banks funding fossil fuels. Um, so there's got to be a little little bit around um, what, what clients actually want to invest in. And, and we find as advisors sitting across from clients, if we put those names in front of them, they'll be absolutely horrified. They'll be investing in it, although it sort of meets their goal of a low carbon portfolio. So there's got to be this sort of commonsensical approach to that, and I guess um, I guess you might call it the the soy latte test. Uh, <laughs> you'd, you'd have to, yeah, that'd have to pass uh, when you're talking to clients. So, um, yeah, just the practical application of common sense, and you know, we we look at any any particular investment we look at, we sit down and it has to pass an ethical gate before we even think about what it does. So, and passes that sort of common sense hurdle. But we're prepared to look at anything and relook at things later if things change. I like the idea that you know there that you help combine the different metrics to actually create a big a big picture for your client, and not just look at something like one metric, which might be the carbon footprint of a fund or of a of a company. Are there any other important metrics that you tend to focus on in your discussions? It's it really comes down to what the client is interested in. Uh, and, and what their ethical values are. So I've got some clients who really all they want to make sure is they're not involved in animal testing. So we've got to keep that out of their portfolio. And yes, they want to be out of um, fossil fuels and all the rest of it, but you know, that is their, their thing. So we sort of have quite a tailored approach to, to dealing with this. And, and clients actually have a very sort of quite a, a basic and, and simple approach is they either want to be invested in something or they don't. Um, it's not, um, I think uh, Trevor Thomas sort of used the term is, no one's ever said they want to invest in a little bit of tobacco. Um, it's, it's either they want to be in it or, or not be in it. That's so true, so true. And just rounding off this discussion, what would be your top tips for discussing impact with your clients? So your top tips for advisors for when they're discussing impact with their clients? Well, I think you have to be really clear on what clients' uh, values are. Uh, I think that's pretty pretty straightforward. And having those deep discussions around what makes them tick, why are they coming to you, and 
They don't tend to change over time a bit, but checking in with clients when you're doing reviews is, is fundamentally important. Um, I think you've also got to be aware of your own biases as an advisor. Um, I might have a, a carbon approach, but someone else is more on the animal testing side, doesn't want anything there. So you've really got to listen and, and have that sort of self-awareness uh, around that. Um, the, the other thing I think would be around, there's no such thing as ethical in its own right. What makes something ethical is really the thought process that goes behind the recommendation or decision. That's sort of what some of the early academic research says, and I think is, is really true around this. Um, everyone has a different perspective on a particular issue and will, you can believe will have, have an impact or, or follow through, but it's really that thought process is, that is fundamentally important. Um, the other thing is when you're talking with clients, those stories, those little vignettes is a really important way to communicate with your clients around that. You know, if you talk about, oh, Fund X reduced carbon by five tons and did this, you know, they'll be asleep within five minutes. But what really livens them up is, you know, the example I gave with Stuart, um, conflict minerals or what they're doing with plastics and research they're doing. That's what gets them going. And, and to be honest, it's what really gets me out of bed too. So you can pass on that enthusiasm and passion to, you, to your clients. Um, and really, you have to speak with fund managers and see how convicted they are to ethical investment and, and do your homework. There's no shortcuts here. You, you need to know it. You need to understand it. And you need to keep on top of it continually. They were some amazing tips, Adam. So really um, reviewing with your client, getting clear with your client on what they particularly care about. I love the thought, the uh, tip for having some self-awareness for your own bias and understanding that there are many different perspectives with clients to do your homework and really understand the products that you're recommending as well and stories. What a great way to engage and communicate with your clients. That's been a, a fantastic uh, lot of tips there. Is there anything else that you wanted to add, Adam, before we wrap up? No, just really about impact. And I think this is this is going to grow and I think for particularly ethical advisors, just investing in companies that do good things are probably not going to be enough. We're going to have to be investing in companies that are actually taking a more positive impact, doing something, so showing change, showing leadership um, to really differentiate yourself from the pack, I think, going forward. And, and more importantly, meeting what your clients really want out of their investment portfolio. And, but you do have to get returns, and but I don't think returns will come at the expense of being ethical. I think the other way around, I think being ethical makes good financial sense. What a brilliant way to finish this discussion. Thank you so much, Adam, for your time today. Thank you, Alexandra. It's been great talking to you today. We'll be right back to our guest discussions in a moment, but first, a quick message to let you know this episode is brought to you by the Ethical Advice Accelerator, the number one program for Australian financial advisors ready to uplevel their knowledge and skills in ESG, sustainability, and ethical investment advice. Ethical investment options are becoming non-negotiable in financial advice and advisors who specialize in this are in high demand. 
This program is designed to equip you with the skills and toolkit you need to add this to your services quickly. The Accelerator is 100% advisor-focused and brings everything you need in one spot, making it the most effective and time-efficient way to become a sought-after leader in ethical investment advice. Visit ethicalinvestgroup.com forward slash accelerator to learn more. Now, back to Alexandra Brown and our expert advisors. Our third guest today is Dr. Roger Spiller. Dr. Spiller holds a PhD in ethical investment and ethical business and has played a key role in the investment industry for decades. He founded Money Matters in 1990 with a clear goal in mind to help his clients do well and do good. He was a member of the Securities Commission and a director of the Responsible Investment Association of Australasia, RIA, for more than 10 years. Dr. Spiller has been recognised as New Zealand's foremost advisor based on conventional investment criteria, winning the inaugural Good Returns Financial Planner of the Year Award. His credentials in ethical investment were also recognised nationally when he won the inaugural Mindful Money Best Ethical Financial Advisor Award. Thanks so much for being with us today, Roger. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Alexandra. This first episode is all about impact, and I'd love to kick off this discussion with you helping us to understand what areas of impact are lighting up your clients right now. Climate change is the strongest concern, and that's coupled with human rights as clients explore the need for a just transition. Now, I wrote about that in a recent Money Matters blog and drew upon the work of RIA, the Responsible Investment Association Australasia, and the Human Rights Working Group. I referenced a report which found that many investment funds are failing to properly account for the social dimension of human rights when accounting for the environmental dimension of climate change. One commentator noted that human rights and climate change remain very siloed in current investor practice. Climate goes into the E bucket of ESG, environmental, social and governance risk, and human rights goes into the S bucket. It's been hard to get investors to see that they need to merge the two. And exploring that more, the report provides an example of an investor wanting to make a positive contribution to the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, particularly SDG 13, Climate Action, and 7, Affordable and Clean Energy, by investing in lithium-ion battery technology. However, in doing so, they might be ignoring the impact on SDG 8, decent work, due to a widespread phenomenon of child labour in mining for cobalt. So regarding climate change and human rights and the fact that they are entwined, how, how would you discuss that with your clients? So I discuss with clients the need to ensure that the transition towards a sustainable, low-carbon global economy is achieved with minimal harm to people and how there's a crossover of those trends. And while many investors have been slow to recognize the human rights impacts caused by climate change, it's really important that they be factored in to calculations of portfolio risks. So investors, when that's explained, totally get it, appreciate very much the need for the social dimension and the human dimension to be considered whilst simultaneously dealing with the environmental challenges. So the idea is to get a holistic sort of de-siloed approach to the issue. I love the idea of a de-siloed approach. 
So with in general with your clients, how would you demonstrate and report on impact with them? We highlight the data provided by fund managers. Many clients just love the calculators that the high impact fund managers provide where, for example, they look at the various United Nations Sustainable Development Goals and targets that they've set as a fund manager and measure how they've gone relative to those. The very comprehensive impact reports that are provided on an annual basis alongside the financial reports from those funds are also great resources. We summarize a lot of that data. We share the key stories of particular impact examples. And of course, you know, we're always encouraging more impact funds to be made available. Fantastic. Yeah, I think that the key stories are such a great way to engage your client in, you know, what impact that their investments are creating. Finishing off this conversation, what would be your top tips for discussing impact with your clients? First and foremost, it is sharing those rich stories and to really bring impact to life, identifying impactful stories that really reflect concerns of particular clients. And one example we had recently was a new international fixed interest fund and was looking at green bond projects the Mumbai metro rail system in which 2 million more passengers travel by rail rather than car daily and 166,000 tonnes of CO2 emissions from vehicles would be avoided. So a very tangible, very real story that people can relate to. Another one was the Hornsey wind farm that would power 1.3 million homes with renewable energy. So rich stories, but also what we find interesting, and it goes back somewhat to the calculators is the use of those infographics. So to see in a picture or in the number, how many megawatts of renewable energy would have been generated, how many tons of waste would have been recycled or recovered, how many tons of CO2 emissions would have been avoided, and in recent years, even how many COVID tests would have been produced. So really powerful tools. And we can also get into a whole sort of technical piece, which reflects my background as a chartered accountant and uh, <clears throat> a bit of an academic, but one of the fund managers in particular has a, a very elegant way of calculating impact intensity. So it's a more sophisticated approach where they look at the factors around intensity in terms of the importance of the outcomes, like just how vulnerable is the beneficiary and how critical is the outcome to the beneficiary. So thinking that through, and then they multiply that by the change in outcome. So how large is the impact that they're achieving relative to you know, the baseline if they weren't doing what they're doing? And also looking how widely applicable is the particular product that's being produced by the company. And then they multiply the importance of outcome and the change of outcomes by the contribution to the outcome. So how central is the particular product impact to the outcome and how unique is the product contribution? So it sounds a bit heavy duty and technical, but I think what it really illustrates, and there's a fantastic diagram of this in the manager's report, is that there are whole levels of sophistication and subtlety that need to be worked through in achieving the optimal outcomes for our clients. And clients can rest assured that specialist ethical advisors, members of the co-op 
uh, for example, delving deeply and understanding those issues and working through them on behalf of the clients. Fantastic roundup there of top tips and in very interesting information. It's great to hear how much more sophisticated uh, the tools are available to advisors to demonstrate their impact as well. So in talking about impact, is there anything more that you'd like to add to the discussion today? Well, beyond our work with the fund managers and their funds, many of our clients are wanting to see systemic change in the overall financial system. And I seek to have an impact through, for example, being the financial advisor representative in the Sustainable Finance Forum, which was a group of key players in the New Zealand financial system. A similar initiative happened in Australia. So here we had Indigenous leadership, Māori, representatives from the banks, insurance companies, professional services, civil society, academia and government. And we worked together over a number of years to research and consult and explore how to completely redesign the current financial system to meet the challenges as well as capture the opportunities. And that type of activity has the power to really create impact at a whole nother level. Another measure of impact is readership and citations of my PhD research on ethical investment and business. When I had that published in the early 2000s, there wasn't a lot of interest, but there's almost been an exponential curve. It's now been cited in 200 articles and accessed over 3,500 times for reading by academic researchers and using. And it talks about a model of ethical business in terms of thinking really about the purpose of business, not just to create financial wealth, but also social and environmental wealth, the principles of business. So thinking about core values and virtues and principles like fairness, caring, honesty, and courage. What are the practices, the key actions that the business takes to fulfill its purpose? Which is obviously the true test of the environmental, social, and economic orientation and wealth creation. And then last but not least, the fourth P is performance, which is looking at the qualitative and quantitative reporting on how a business's practices have impacted its stakeholders, reflected its principles and created environmental, social and economic wealth and well-being more generally. That's a framework, the four P's that I've used to research businesses, also to research and profile fund managers. Obviously, I've been using it for a very long time. And part of what we're doing from an impact perspective is sharing that in, not only with investors, but also with fund managers and, of course, wider um, contexts include business and academia. Thank you so much, Roger, for uh, joining me in this conversation today. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Alexandra. Our final guest for this episode is Catherine Fitch-Daniels. Catherine is a certified financial planner at Ethinvest, a leading advice firm that specializes in impact and ethical investment advice. Catherine joined Ethinvest in 2021 with more than 10 years experience as a financial advisor and having worked in the financial planning industry since 2004. Catherine has been a certified financial planner since 2008. She has comprehensive experience managing SMSFs and trusts, as well as personal tax planning for clients, and prides herself on providing tailored financial advice to clients within their ethical framework to meet their financial goals now and into retirement. Welcome, Catherine. Thanks, Alexandra. What we'd love to hear first is what areas of impact are lighting up your clients right now? At the moment, we've markets going down we're seeing some 
good responses for alternative assets, which fit really well into the ethical space. Things like agriculture, water rights, um, private equity, they tend to do well outside of um, typical market cycles. So a lot of the alternatives are doing well at the moment and they have very good impact themes. Um, we're also seeing the resurgence of green bonds um, with bonds in general, with interest rates going up. We're starting to see that uh, people can return and start getting um, a good yield and green bonds are a great way to get exposure to impact because they might be lending money it's lent money out from companies that want to maybe build uh, solar paneling or want to invest in in a greener future for their company so it's actually a really good way to get access to impact for, for all types of clients. For our wholesale impact clients who are in who are able to invest in, in bigger projects, there's always uh, renewables and um, green energy projects coming up. And especially now people are looking at investing in more restrained projects where we can see uh, a lot more scope um, now with the change of government. Um, and, and social disability housing really speaks to clients as well because the, the benefit of providing uh, housing that can help society is, is a, a pretty easy win, but it can also be a good investment for, for impact where it's, it's returning, um, it's got a quite a good return. That's great. And are clients coming to you with ideas or are you sharing these ideas with your clients uh, at your meetings? Uh, probably more we're sharing ideas with clients. Uh, most people who come wanting ethical investment advice want um, renewals, renewables and green energy um, investments, but we'll be able to give them more scope with what else is out there and what is what we've researched and clears our very high ethical investment bar. We do have people who have different ideas of what ethical and and impact investing is and as ethical investing can be specific to the individual, you know, we have had people who've started asking about nuclear uh, all of a sudden. So that's a new conversation and we, we can provide them the research on that. Fantastic. So once you've started providing impact advice to your clients and recommendations around impact, how do you demonstrate and report on impact with your clients? So with our wholesale clients who are in um, the big impact projects, they receive quarterly email updates on, on what each project is doing and how it's meeting its goals and what the, the current return is. For our retail clients who have um, individual holdings, we provide that they have quarterly reports, but we'll also update them. Um, So a particular holding in alternative assets that a lot of our clients have at the moment, we've sent through an update on on what they're doing and and why it's doing so well. Uh, for, For all our clients, we do try and do a lot of education, such as webinars with industry leaders. So 
a fortnight ago, we had uh, Danny Kennedy, who's the CEO of New Energy Nexus, come into our office and we had clients come into our office as well as offered a, a webinar for everyone to hear from him, which was fantastic. Uh, we also will send out sustainability and impact reports from fund managers. So uh, fund managers like uh, Pengana, um, who, who issue a sustainability report each year. Um, it's important that the clients see they're not just uh, called a, an impact fund, but they are actually walking the walk. So true, so true. And I love the idea of webinars as well. That sounds like really engaging for clients. What type of metrics are in these reports? So what type of things can they, what type of impact can they actually see that their money is is doing? Some of the fund managers with their sustainability or impact reports are matching their investment objectives with the UN sustainability goals. They might also have sustainability themes such as cleaner energy, environmental services, resource efficiency. They might break down into the individual holdings and what that company does, how they're interacting with that company and how they've actually been able to improve what that company does and support them. That sounds great. And lastly, just on impact, what are your top tips for discussing impact with your clients? When we engage with a new client, we ascertain if they're a wholesale client and have can we can offer them access to our impact project investments. So we go into a lot more detail of what their ethical concerns are, especially what their um, positive filters are going to be that they would like to invest in. Um, so we we can then work with our research company, Australian Impact Investments, to find out what projects are currently open. Um, they have a very high bar that needs to be cleared in order for them to approve projects. So um, there there isn't a heap out there and uh, a lot of it is along the renewable energy or social disability housing themes but there are a few new ones coming through such as um, a fishing project for an Aboriginal community. For our retail clients we have to be a bit more realistic and manage expectations on what their access to genuine impact is but there is still a lot of great companies doing great things out there that we can invest in for them. Um, and then uh, another important point is to really differentiate what the difference is between impact investing and philanthropy. So impact um, is measurable and additional and will should generate a return, whereas philanthropy is, is additional and doing good, but you're not expecting a return. Um, so we, we make sure that we make it clear that these wholesale clients they can do, and a lot of them will do their own philanthropy, but the impact also assists them. That is a fantastic tip, and yeah, helping your clients to un educate and help them to understand the difference between impact and philanthropy definitely a, a wonderful tip there. Thank you so much for your time today, Catherine. Thanks, Alexandra. Thank you to all our guests. There's been some excellent insights in this episode. I love Adam's tip to be aware of your biases as an advisor. Bring in self-awareness when you're listening to your clients and as you're trying to understand your clients' underlying values. Pay particular attention to underlying holdings and use impact stories to strengthen engagement with clients. 
all our guests agree that impact is only going to grow. As Karen McLeod says, seeing where your capital goes, I think that's the real benefit of impact. Clients feel connected and therefore more engaged with where their capital goes and empowered to do more of that good. Stay tuned for episode two in the series where we chat about the value of engagement in financial advice. Hit subscribe to find out more about investments that incorporate sustainability and values and how investors can have a positive impact on the social and environmental challenges we face across the world. Together, let's accelerate ethical investment from niche to norm. Disclaimer, the information and related materials provided in this podcast are for teaching and demonstration purposes only. The information does not take into account your objectives, needs and circumstances. We recommend you seek financial advice specific to your needs. The information provided is not intended to constitute professional or financial service advice and is not to be used in any statement of advice or any other advice to a client. We do not guarantee the accuracy, reliability and completeness of any information provided during the podcast and in accompanying resources.